So good morning and welcome to the Primary View from Reorg, which offers incisive interviews and insights on issues affecting distressed debt, leveraged finance, direct lending, high yield, and more. I'm Alex Wittenberg, and in this week's episode of the Reorg Primary View, we're joined by Pantheon's Global Head of Private Debt, Rick Jane, who will help us parse the growing private credit secondaries market and describe some of the reasons why investors are excited about the space. Rick, thanks for joining me. Nice to be here, Alex. Thanks for the invitation. Of course. So in early 2022, Pantheon closed a flagship private credit secondaries fund with $2.4 billion. And you've been in this space, in the private debt secondary space since 2018, I believe. So can you start by explaining what's attractive about this market to Pantheon and to your investors? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, Pantheon has a history of kind of developing innovative secondary solutions um, and that's, you know, one of the reasons why I, I, I joined the firm um, in late 2019 to help build this particular business. I think I think Pantheon noticed a number of interesting things about the market. One was that the credit secondaries market was was set up with really interesting kind of secular tailwinds, primarily driven by how much growth there's been in the primary credit. Uh, market. So, you know, private credit AUM has grown by, you know, somewhere in the 300 million range to, excuse me, $300 billion range to something like a trillion five today. Um, you know, private credit is forecast to grow by another 15 to 20% over the next five years. Um, the number of credit managers has gone from, you know, call it maybe 250 to 300 you know, over 12 years ago to over 1,100 today. So you had really interesting formation in private credit and maturation as an asset class, a huge growth in the number of participants in that market, as well as just the investors themselves. So private credit has now expanded beyond just institutional corporate pension plans. You now have obviously a huge array of insurance companies and now high net worth retail um, alongside that. So that really kind of set the stage for growth in a market where secondary solutions um, are often needed. And when you can introduce, you know, interesting liquidity options and in a liquid asset class like private credit, that's what, what makes it really interesting. So, so I think we thought, you know, the primary market provided a really interesting backdrop to the supply of opportunity. Uh, it's a large market, it's growing. Our deal flow has grown uh, from about 5 billion a year in 2018 to you know, somewhere in the 22 to $23 billion range today. So that's been great. Um, you know, And it's in a market that I think requires a fairly unique set of skills between direct credit, secondary solutions, the ability to evaluate managers. So I think those are all the, the big reasons why we thought it was an interesting space to be in and really differentiate what we could provide uh, as a capital provider. Yeah. And these private credit stakes come to market for various reasons. Can you describe some of those and you know why might an investor enter the secondary market? Yeah, absolutely. So th there are a number of different drivers around two different channels that we see in, in private credit secondary. So we're, we participate in both. So we buy seasoned performing credit 
both through the acquisition of LP stakes in credit funds globally, primarily US and European, all the way from senior secured direct lending to more opportunistic strategies. And then there's this other category that we call uh, GP liquidity solutions. Um, and the reasons people sell on the LP side primarily have to do with a need to tactically reallocate their portfolios. So if you think about um, just, you know, people who own long equity at some point, you know, they want to tactically reallocate their exposure to, you know, uh, a technology stock or a, or a certain sector or with a certain valuation. And you can take that example and extrapolate it all the way to private equity secondaries or infrastructure and now credit. So I think the need to rebalance and tactically reallocate is a big driver. Um, we often see sellers who have gone through strategy changes and team changes. So that's a big driver around portfolio construction and outlook. Um, and then, you know, the biggest theme that we've seen today around LP stakes has been just the need for liquidity. And that liquidity today has been driven by the downdraft in both the public equity and public fixed income markets, where now a number of alternatives investors are now over allocated to certain asset classes. So as an attempt to rebalance, they need liquidity. So that's that's certainly driving it. And you can add in things like market volatility. You can add in things like regulatory pressure, uh, which we've seen some LPs come under as well as a reason to sell. On the GP side, there's really a number of different reasons why um, we see these types of solutions. And they're really driven by that, that macro point I made around just the growth and complexity of the primary market. Credit managers today manage a myriad of vehicles um, with a range of different types of liquidity options to them, you know, whether it's closed-end funds, BDCs, interval funds, onshore, offshore, levered, unlevered. So a lot of what GPs are now recognizing is that they can use the secondary market as a way to reallocate assets and provide better performance to their investors by crystallizing fund uh, fund performance on legacy assets by moving assets from one vehicle to another. Um, they can address tail end liquidity in some of those vehicles. Um, they can solve for higher levels of concentration in some of their portfolios and therefore sell assets into new vehicles to create diversification. Um, a big theme today is related to leverage. You know, we're seeing leverage being a little bit uncomfortably high and, and more expensive. So that's causing GPs to kind of rethink um, their lineup uh, of, of funds and how they can take advantage of opportunities. The biggest motivations today, again, on the GP side include developing relationships with new investors like ourselves. Um, we're a reference investor in private credit. We have a a decent sized business on the primary side. So a lot of people look to us for advice. They look to us for expertise and thoughts on different managers and different end markets. So GPs can use the secondary market to build those types of relationships. And then finally, you know, they can also use the secondary market to raise capital. Um, and in a market environment today, where it's gonna be more challenged to raise capital, it might take longer to get capital back 
going to take, um, I think, longer to raise the next fund. Secondary players can provide some of that dry powder where they otherwise might not get it. So those, those are kind of the drivers that we see on both the GP and LP side. Right. Okay. And roughly what kinds of returns can an investor expect in the private credit secondary space and how might those compare to the primary market? Well, we, we view the, the market opportunity, um, you know, in a, in a kind of a quadrant between kind of U.S. and European risk, as well as senior and more opportunistic risk without addressing specifically kind of return targets, which is difficult to do for regulatory purposes. I would say we're trying to earn both an attractive risk adjusted return for our portfolios. And I'll explain what that is as well as, you know, an attractive absolute return that's typically, you know, 200 to 500 basis points more than let's say the underlying strategy or underlying profile of assets. But back to risk-adjusted returns, the reason we think risk-adjusted returns are really attractive in this market is that we are buying seasoned portfolios of performing assets. And they're often significantly de-risked because they are seasoned, because they are they are they do have a history of performance they often have lower leverage and ltv and better credit statistics than you might see on a new origination loan and we can also build a high level of diversification not only across individual company but across industry or gp or vintage years so we think that risk adjusted return element is also really important in thinking about why people want to invest in in credit secondaries yeah. And obviously, as this market has grown, there's been new entrants. Can you kind of talk about whether it's become obviously more competitive? And can you describe the nature of that change? Yeah, I would say it's still a very opaque market with, an, with not a lot of capital providers, which obviously is, is, is a good reason to always invest in a, in a part of the market that's seemingly less competitive. I think any good idea gets gets copied and gets looked at and, and gets attention. And we've certainly, I think, distinguished ourselves in terms of just the growth of our overall private credit business to, to well over you know $3 billion over the last three years. So yeah, we're, we're seeing competition from traditional LPs who sometimes want to dip back into the secondary market. We're not seeing too much of that today. Um, sometimes you're seeing some people who have conflicting debt businesses try to enter the market and use some of their expertise in direct credit. Um, we obviously see, obviously also see some competition from private equity secondary players who sometimes dip into the, the credit market and buying larger portfolios. They have the disadvantage of having kind of a misaligned cost of capital and looking at, you know, some of the more senior types of portfolios. But certainly we see more competition coming to the market and we see it as a validation of the market opportunity more than anything else. Um, I think from from Pantheon's perspective, we bring a unique set of capabilities to the market. We've been in the market a long, long time. We have a dedicated team. We don't have a conflicting business. Um, we have a presence in both Europe and the U.S. market. And we bring kind of that combined skill set of secondary solutions and direct credit and an understanding of how to evaluate these types of portfolios. So I think everyone will have their unique approach and edge and angle to the market, but that's certainly what we think we bring to the table. Right. And how do you see this market evolving in the next couple of years, especially with some 
economic headwinds and if we do enter some kind of downturn? Yeah, great question. So, you know, it's always hard. You kind of look back at your crystal ball back in 2018 and try to project forward in terms of what you see the market will look like. I think I think we've been been more impressed by the take up of opportunities on the supply side, meaning we we have the thesis around why people need to sell, why they want to tactically reallocate their private credit exposures. It's happened. And, um, you know, we see the market as significantly underpenetrated, right? There's a trillion five of private credit and growing. Um, we certainly don't see all the deal flow in the market, but if you think about a top of the funnel deal flow of 20 to $25 billion, that is such a drop in the bucket of available opportunity. Um, we've been a real leader in developing relationships with GPs. We now have over 65 GPs in our roster that we've created through our business today over the last three and a half, four years. And we think being able to partner with GPs and bring that kind of creative secondary solution is significantly underpenetrated and that will continue to grow with the complexity of the market and growth of just the primary market. So I'm, I'm not one for providing kind of huge prognostications around what the total market opportunity could be over a period of time, but certainly the market's been growing at 15 to 20% the last few years we think, you know, even in tougher times, um, like the ones we're about to head into or may already be in, the need for liquidity will be even more so. And so when liquidity is at a premium and you're in a market that has a supply demand imbalance of capital, that means, you know, you can be more of a price maker than a price taker. And you can pick and choose amongst the assets and the GPs and the partners you want to have. And that's a that's a great spot to be in, regardless of whatever business you're in, whether it's private credit secondaries or whether it's other parts of you know the private credit landscape. Right. Well, Rick, thanks a lot for joining the Reorg Primary View. I really appreciate your time. Glad to be here with you. All right.